When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don't lie right here on 1049 at the horn. It is a smooth soul Monday. Oh, easy like Sunday morning. Well done. That's a great one right there. I like that. Easy like Sunday morning. Um, hopefully, uh, the rest of the show will be easy like Sunday morning. Um, I mean, Harge is out on vacation, but we're in good hands because Patrick is back from vacation. As a matter of fact, we'll get Patrick's thoughts about all of the happenings in the NBA. We got an NBA segment here. Dame Lillard uh, is at the at really a big topic of conversation right now in the NBA offseason. Um, there's talk about him meeting with the Blazers. We'll get into uh, trade happening with the Hawks and also Wimby Mania. That's right. Uh, Victor Winbinyama, uh, the new San Antonio Spur, uh, and of course our resident San Antonio Spur, Patrick. We'll get his thoughts now that it's official, official, uh, and we'll discuss Winbinyama as well. You can be a part of it. Specs Text Line is the best way to do it. 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. Uh, my man uh, Patrick is at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. You want a cyber stalk, my man Harge, you can do that. Uh, hit him up at Hardball Harge, but he's on a much deserved vacation for the first time actually taking off all of his jobs and the man takes he has a lot of jobs a lot of jobs and a lot of kids we well, gotta have a lot of jobs when you got a lot of kids yeah but he is still he's taking the he's still doing the job of father because he's out there yes repping repping the family and doing that is true doing kid things out yeah because they throw a soccer tournament i believe and i believe they won the first game in the tournament if i'm yes. not mistaken hard is keeping us up to date we're, we hope, hope he's having a good time out there so him and the family and they visited mac brown in north carolina i believe mac gave him not mac did but he Appointed someone, delegated someone to give them a tour of the facilities and stuff. So, hard is having a good good time. Uh, all right, uh, we're having a good time on the show too. Let's get into some NBA discussion. Uh, next segment, we'll probably just carry over our NBA discussion. If not, we'll do if we finish up all of our NBA topics. Next segment during Harsh Knock Life, we'll we'll discuss these Heisman odds uh, because there are some Heisman odds out there um, that really project Quinn Ewers to have a hell of a season, and that'd be a great thing for Longhorn fans out there. Uh, so we'll get into that coming up in the next segment. If we um, if we don't get to all the NBA topics, then we can throw that into the next segment to a harsh knock life. All right, 
let's start with Win Wimby Mania and get your thoughts, Patrick, on not only what happened in the NBA draft with the Spurs, but your thoughts overall because all the Texas teams were picking a lottery first time ever because first time ever that all the Texas teams missed the playoffs. Uh, so give me your thoughts on what the Rockets did, the Mavs, Spurs as well, uh, and overall general thoughts on the draft while you're out. Yeah, I mean – First and foremost, it's been fun to watch women Yama not get, like, not stumble yet. Oh, he's great, and it's and you keep see him getting more and more interviews. People are like, "Oh wait, we're gonna we're like we're gonna get the first interview where he stumbles or you watch it and it's like, well, if he doesn't, then he does amazing. Like he has amazing great interviews. He does. Like, did you hear the interview with him and JJ Redick? Yes, we played some cuts from it on the show. Yeah, it's great. Oh, no, it was great. So we played like probably five cuts from it. That's what I'm saying. Like interviews like that, and you're just like, this is crazy. That's it. so. It's a lot of fun watching him as a Spurs fan, seeing somebody that you're like, this is a different kind of cat, just completely. And then you don't expect to ever have the number one pick and have a guy crying because he's so happy he's going to the Spurs to the San Antonio yeah, Spurs. It's not something you expect, bro. So that was just a really awesome moment in the draft when he's like, I'm a damn Spur. And you just see him like tearing up on it, and he's like, "Wow, that is that that's added on to this whole fun of getting the number one overall pick." Oh, to me, it might be the most satisfying part. Yeah, because he's you he's happy. Well, no, that sorry to interrupt you because I want you I want you on the floor here. But I, I brought this up last week. You guys are coming off one of the worst breakups. Yeah. In NBA history with a superstar, it was ugly yeah. and humiliating. And devastating. I mean, basically, go- Kawhi ghosted you guys. Yeah, pretty much. That's basically what it was. it's like. Your 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 worst nightmare came true. He ghosted you, and he just didn't want any part of the yeah. And on top of that, when you guys tried to trade him to NBA Siberia, he won a title. Won a title. He re- he reached yeah. his his zenith right after he ghosted y'all. That like uh, as a, you know the Spurs got a lot of luck. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. Heart wrenching. Spurs fans to, to have that also be a part of the narrative. And now you got the best prospect since LeBron James, who's like crying because he's not. I always want to be a Spur. I actually I manifested it the day that of the draft. I, yeah. I spoke it into existence. <laughs> and, you know my family. They all wanted me to be Spurs, and all the fans were like. It, it no to me that's what's so satisfying. It's like no no man, I ain't got to worry about that. I ain't got to worry about somebody trying to leave me for greener passion. This guy wants to be here more than anything else. Yeah, and I mean, and we just see that he is somebody who's been embracing, uh, you know, all the attention too. Because you know, you come from having Tim Duncan before, which is great to have somebody kind of step back, but to have somebody that wants to be the face of the NBA while in San Antonio is a very cool thing as a Spurs fan. So so all that worked out great. Uh, uh we you know. They go ahead and trade off one of their second round picks and yes. move forward, which I think tells you a little bit more of that they're this is probably not going to be a huge free agency for them. They may try and add a couple pieces. Uh, you know, you get uh, Sissoko, who, you know, he could be a good pick. He played okay, uh, but a guy with a lot of potential. I wouldn't be surprised to see him down the G League getting Serge Jabari Rice. Is awesome as a Spurs fan. That was nice. That made me really happy when I woke up the next day and saw that he was signed uh, to the Spurs. So there, there was a lot of good going on. I don't think this is going to be a team that this year, I think you're looking at really, you want to see improvement. I think you're going to be around a playing team. Oh, that'd be great. I think that's where you're sitting. So you may not make it there. You may pull off the the dogs near the end of the season to go back down a little bit in that in that draft to get a you know a little bit better pick. So you just go, hey, we're not there. Let's not go full board. To try and get to to ten, yeah. Maybe we'll maybe we can sit down at twelve. 
If we're, if, and if it's close, you know, because this season it was. It was the difference between 10 and 12 wasn't that much. Yeah, but it was, you're right, made a difference. So it may may or may not be that. But we'll see going into next season. I just don't see, I don't see them doing any big moves in this offseason, seeing that they didn't try and move up and get another rookie in that draft. I would have figured if you were, were going to go full board, you would have taken some of your assets in the future and moved forward. Yeah, they want to give it a go with these young guys, it seems like, at least for now. Well, and you want to see. You want to see. I don't think we, we don't know what Wembenyama is going to be in the NBA and what works around him in the NBA. So you don't know what type of players are going to work and not work with him. Everybody says, well, he's probably going to be a four, but what kind of five can play with him? Do you need a five that has to be a stretch five? Mm. Because if you know, is he going to be able? Are you going to have big men that are basically sitting off of Zach Collins if that's your five? And when when Wembenyama drives, they're coming out really high on him. And trying to get charges, and can he get around them, and what what are the calls is he going to get? All those types of things, you know. If you want to see your shooters on the outside, does he like to play with guys that create more of their own shot, or does he does he need to have the ball in his hands, or does he want to be moving around more? Okay. Like what the players that you need to put around him, yeah. and how well the players you already have a Keldon Johnson, a Jeremy Sohan, a Trey Jones, a Devin Vassell, how well they play with him as well. That chemistry that you feel out, I think they want to kind of see take all that in first. Before you just go out and arbitrarily go sign a Fred Van Fleet and pay a bunch of money or or try and make a trade for somebody and go, well, hopefully this all works out. But if not, we're really pot committed on something that we don't know because it is. He is he is the alien. You, there is no real blueprint of yeah, yeah. this is going to what's going to work to have him be best. And he's at the perfect place for them to come up with the perfect you know cocktail. Yeah, and they have <laughs> of a lot talent of around good him. young talent. Where it's you can kind of even if that guy's like even if a Trey Jones isn't the guy, he's good enough to say okay, do we need a Trey Jones like player and try and find someone who's a little bit a higher level or you know what I mean like you can find some other guys around that. Let me ask you this because you know we were talking about this on um, the show last week because because he just and he just announced what he did it was reported. Um, that when Benyama has now uh, agreed that he's not going to play in the FIBA World Cup yeah. or whatever, that's the basketball championship, uh, their version of the basketball basic version of the World Cup, he's not going to play in that. Uh, he's going to choose to play in the Olympics, which is happening next year, and of course he's going to play in the NBA. He's also going to play in the Summer League. Yes. He also announced well, that. Well, he will be a participant in the Summer yeah, League. Yeah, we don't know if he's going to play that way. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he seems to think that he wants to play a little bit more. He's, he says that, but and obviously not the FIBO thing. No, and it probably, it's probably not Sacramento either. Because Spurs will be at Sacramento before they go to Vegas. I doubt he'd see anything in Sacramento uh, in that California league. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Because they're doing the California League right before they go to Vegas. I would assume most of it would be in Vegas uh, where they'd want him to be there. But as I said before I left, it, it, you wanted to see him to be a part of it, a participant in it, just to – see how he is around the NBA culture, see how he is with the teammates he's going to be playing with, those guys. I think that is very important to get him into that mindset and and let him get that little bit of competitive now, competitiveness out in practice to be like, oh, no, no, I need to go and show that I'm the best player. Again, I'm, there's a reason I was drafted one, and I'm playing with a bunch of undrafted free agents. I need to go dominate in practice. You know, he likes to play because he yeah. could have, after he was projected to be the number one overall pick, he didn't have to keep playing in the French yeah. league, in the French playoffs. He played. I think they were, they got swept in the finals. But he played, and he says he's going to play in the Olympics, of course. And he's and I think the concern is, I, I want to ask you, is how many games would you play him in the regular season? Because he played 62 games total in that French league 
He's going to play a total NBA season, maybe a play-in, whatever. You know, I throw that in there. And then you got the Olympics. So in a 24-month span, you're talking about 170, between 170, 180 games, depending on how it plays yeah. out. With a guy like that, you know, considering yeah. the size, you want to be careful. And I think that's probably why the Spurs probably told him, like, no, 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 FIBA's definitely no, out. No, no, and he said the Spurs had no impact. His own oh, really? medical staff. Is he said okay. he's, so he has his own medical staff. Well, he's probably got a team at this an, point. Yeah, you're yeah, an entity. Yeah. You know, you're you're yeah. your own property at this yeah, point. Yeah. So he said he talked to his own medical staff, and they're like, "Dude, if you want to play in the Olympics, don't play now, because you are now going to stretch your entire pre NBA career into an NBA career into that, and it's just to wait you're, out. it's too likely that you're not going to make the Olympics. Yeah. So if you want to make the Olympics, you need to take a break now. Yeah. And I think that was more of the line of if you want to make the Olympics, you have to step out of FIBA. Uh, so he's, he, but he said that was a decision that the the Spurs basically are happy to have him, so they go whatever. Because th- I think the Spurs too wouldn't mind if he sat out some games this year. Of course, I I, I wouldn't play him more than sixty five. I, I think the question is going to be, I think you're going to play him in a lot. It's going to depend on the schedule. So you're not going to want to play him in a lot of back to back. Back to back. You're not going to want to play him on games where he may not, you know, where you're getting off a plane too soon. Long road trips. Long road trips. So stuff like that, I think you may see a couple more breaks. And some of this stuff, you may see him play shorter minutes. So he'll play more games, but less minutes. So it's not so much of, well, he only played in 65 games. He played in 75 games or 72 games or whatever it is. However, there was a couple games where he played eight, you know, 14 minutes, something like that. 18, 14 minutes, played under 20 minutes, mm-hmm. where it was just something where they kind of got him in and got him going, got a sweat, and then said, hey, let's pull out, you know, this is a game we're either not going to win or we can win without you, and let's not, you know, let's Push not overdo it. it. Yeah. So no. I, I think that is one, but we'll see that more of when the schedule's out, too, of how many back-to-backs, how many times, you know, how many games are you coming back where, you know, you're basically playing a game and you get a day off, but... You're playing an early like weekend game on the road, so you know traveling wise. If they don't feel they want to put you on that road game as much, they may say, "Well, he's staying back in San Antonio or something like that." It's just amazing to think that you know now the San Antonio and, and this is San Antonio Spurs fans. You know, I'm happy for you guys, but it is annoying that your rebuild. Like, how long was the rebuild? <laughs> Well, and we're still in the rebuild, by the way. We're still in it. Yeah, no, technically not. You're like on the. You, we're, we're you, in if you were any technical about the rebuild, rebuild. but we're because te- we're. It's not like well, they're not. They're not a until you're a playoff team. I think you're still in the rebuild. Uh, well, yeah, but now you're okay. Put it like this: you may be in the rebuild, but there's no dark days. No, in no, the no, rebuild. no, no, no. There's For a the direction. Fans. You guys, yeah. So you're not me, lost in the rebuild. I don't think anybody's in rebuild mindset among your fans. You may be thinking about it. No fans are in rebuild mindset. <laughs> the other man said, like, nah, like, all right. When he's talking about championships. He is. He's talking about again, titles. It, like, you're still in rebuild mode when you have as many draft picks as the Spurs do. That, no, I just think that's just great. This is a great front office part <laughs> of it, too. I, I guess it's semantics, but I don't know. It feels like they're on the – at least they're on the backside of it. It'll be done. The rebuild will be over in, what, a year then? It'll be officially Yeah, over. I mean, depending on what they do, yeah, especially if they make the play-in next year. They got year. 30 million in cap space. I think they can compete for the play-in. Well, that's the thing. I just don't think they're going to go out and try and – I think they're going to try and basically keep the cap space open for two for, for the following. So there's not a ton of great free agents this offseason either. And then going to next yeah. season with a better idea of what the future – Because they don't need anything. What's the need? You don't know what you need, so exactly. there's no need. So exactly. Like, so, yeah. And it's like if you do really want to bring in veteran players that are going to take time away from, from your younger players – to you know, when you're not trying to compete for a title, 
No. Yeah, you're right. You right now you want to see those guys get reps. Yes. And, so I, I that's no. why I think it'll be I think they want to you that's why you're not you keep a Devontae Graham for another year and you keep uh you know Doug McDermott you keep all those guys that have salary caps and you go, Oh, if we need to move off of them, we can. Uh, but we don't need to move off those contracts right now. Uh great great point. How about this little nugget though? Uh the NBA draft was the most watched NBA draft uh on any network according to Nielsen. First round average four point nine million viewers across ESPN and ABC, up twenty four percent from last year's first round on both platforms. So it peaked at around six a little over six million in that eight PM quarter hour. That according to uh K N E S five. Spurs. Jeff G. Yes. So uh, by the way, it wasn't any drama in the draft though. There wasn't a lot, no. There so wasn't anything. People were tuning in to see the most talked about prospects since LeBron James. People were tuning in. And it's yeah. crazy. Like, it's like, it was no drama. There was like, I think there was a little bit about who would be number two. There was a little bit. There's always a Dame Lillard people may have been watching to see. Could have been because, some of that. Because you wanted to see if Scoot Henderson is going three. Do they trade off? Yes. So, they trade that yes. pick off or trade off Dame Lillard in that moment. I think that was there. But also, by once you got past three, now it's like. It was done. Yeah. Right? The yeah. only real drama after that point was how far is Cam Whitmer going to slip. Oh. Thank you. That's that was for, it for the Rockets, man. Thank you for throwing that out there. I appreciate you because that was beautiful. Oh, and how about this? It turns out now we're you know obviously days after the NBA draft, so you're getting all these little nice little nuggets. Uh, this came from Jake Fisher. He says the Rockets uh, basically were trying to move all the way up to like number ten, back up to get yeah. Whitmore, and then he started dropping. And I think I guess they called enough people that maybe weren't interested, and they figured let's roll the dice on him dropping. That I didn't nobody. Thought he would drop all the way back down to twenty. No. So they were thinking about trading up to go get him, but the slide was just—it was precipitous. It, it's one of those things where it's that is the one that's most interesting about this Rockets team of how they've been drafted, how they looked last year, and how this build is going to go forward. Is do they really not care at all about the personality of their players, or or is it that they think that they're like they're like, oh no, we can figure all that out and do it. Because we've seen there's been talks about basically everyone on that team not fitting together and, and that the practices may have not been hard enough and that these guys are not being unselfish enough when they're playing. And then you add another guy who there's a reason he slipped. And the nice reports from Woj were that it was that he bad had really interviews. bad workouts yeah. and really bad interviews. Bad interviews, yeah. But usually you would be like, and there's probably some stuff that they found out in his past that they're like, you know what, this may not be a none be illegal or anything like that. But we're just going to go ahead and stay away from it. Yeah. And I mean, look, DeJounte Murray was that guy for the Spurs that people thought DeJounte Murray, because he did have ties to gangs when he was younger, that a lot of people passed on him and thought, you know what, it's not worth taking him. We're not sure that we want to go with him. And we saw that he went to the Spurs and is fine. And, I, and even if we we're saying he, he asked for a trade to get out, that's yeah. still, I, I don't want to hold that against him. He's shown that he's been a really good, he was, invented, a, yeah. he was a great citizen in San Antonio. He was a great player <laughs> for the Spurs. So I don't want to. So there is those guys that sometimes get that reputation because of stuff they did when they were younger, and then they're trying to get away from it, and it, it just follows them to the draft. And then sometimes those reports are, you know, they obviously there's maybe some smoke yeah. um, to some of that, but if they go to the right team with the right culture, <laughs> like the Spurs, <laughs> yeah, it, well, then, you know, that, that maturity can happen, and they understand how to be a professional. And then, yes, their past and immaturity is just that. It's immaturity in their past. Exactly. Uh, 
I don't know if the Rockets have that kind of culture. And that's, and that's <laughs> what, what Ime's trying to bring yeah. in. And what he's gonna. It's why this year's big is what culture he can set there because if he sets a really good culture of you know what we saw in Boston last year, where that improved that team a lot, and we saw Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum work together better than they did it all this year. And you know you saw the best Marcus Smart. You saw all these great pieces at, at their best with him. If you're able to do that in Houston, then there's a lot of good pieces, but. It is the Island of Misfit Toys right now. Uh, there's a lot of good pieces that just have not seemed to fit together in any way, shape, 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 way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And so to see them, I, I mean, I think it's one of those, if you're doing what Houston has done, why not go all in? If that guy's sitting there at 20 and you're able to go get him, I, I like it. No, it was a it was great value. He, he's Maybe with all those concerns, bad eval, bad interview, bad – you know, uh, workouts, whatever they may be, not in a lottery. Maybe the lottery is not where you should pick them because that's different value. Yeah. When he drops already down to 20, um, different money, obviously they're at 22, but he's out of the lottery. There, it's tremendous value for the Rockets. And if the medical evals are basically saying, we talked about this last week, that he can't give you longevity, that whatever is happening with his medical evaluation, he's going to break down in, say, five, six years. If you're the Rockets... Like, well, we're not going to invest that long in yeah. them. We just need them for right now, and then second contract, we'll move on. Yeah, we'll, yeah. exactly. And I mean, like, uh, that, if you're going to go that, DeWan Blair for the for the Spurs, and they drafted him. He was a great player out of pit. Uh, the cartilage thing? No cartilage in his knees. That. And so they basically, he fell down for them, and they were like, yeah, but we're in a championship window. <laughs> yeah. Like, we only we need him for this. And if you're going to give us a really good player that fell in the draft because you're worried about his long, we don't need him in 10 years. Exactly. I think that may be the process for the Rockets. Like, well, we may not invest that much in them. We just at twenty. How many? Like, how do do you expect us to keep a guy at twenty? Any like the guys that are here are their their floors are so much far, farther than his floor. I, I like it putting them all together. And you, it also is that you're going to know more in Houston as well after the season. Do we need to move some of these pieces out and try and get in some more veterans? Or and if we want to talk about cap space, that is a team that has. Boatloads of cap space right now. Rockets, in Houston, yes, sixty. Well, uh, upwards of sixty million. I think right now the number is at sixty, but it could be more than that, depending on the moves yeah. they made. So, so no, th- and they got so much. That young core is nice. I mean, it now with Amen Thompson added to the group. I mean, that with Jalen Green and you know Jabari Smith Jr. and Kevin Porter Jr. They got they got some young, really talented guys. Uh, like you said, they got all the pieces right now. It's about the culture and bringing it all together. They should be done with the rebuild. You have to be. You you can't continue <laughs> to do that to your fan, your fan base uh, yeah. of taking three and getting all these guys. And I know you never got the big piece, but you have good players and yeah. at least go for it. And then if you're back in a rebuild in four years, no one's gonna they're gonna go yeah, you messed it up. But you have to at least eventually push the gas because you're gonna start having to pay players before you know if they're any good. Oh man, and uh, I you brought this up on probably a month ago. Um, and I went and did some research on it and found the actual, like, all the penalties for the new CBA yeah, when it crazy. kicks in. And you can tell all the teams now reacting to it, all the future penalties about going over the salary cap yeah. at that second apron. They're either going all in right now before it get the penalties get really harsh in yeah. two years, or they're deciding, all right, we need to already start adjusting to the new salary cap beforehand because I don't we don't want to be blindsided by these new salary cap yeah. restrictions when they hit in two years. And it seems like 
maybe uh well that new Phoenix owner he's just he's going always he yeah he has his own theories <laughs> his own theories about how basketball works uh yes uh but anyway but uh get your thoughts about the Dallas Mavs real quick though because I thought they actually had a damn good draft too I did too and I think I texted you when that first trade gets reported that they trade the number ten it is reported is they trade the number ten pick to as a salary dump that was the report of the initial I was like you trade number ten to salary dump. And then you find out they just moved back two picks. He went, oh, that's a great trade. It's great value. Because you were going to take Lively mm-hmm. at 10. Yep. And you knew he was going to be there at 12. So you go, we know we're going to get the second best center, which is what we wanted in this draft. So we are going to wait. And we're going to take him at 12. We get a dump off another piece of salary, which gives us a little bit more flexibility to try and bring in something. I know that the Mavs do not have a great track record of uh, – of bringing in anybody, <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know you're gonna have to. Maybe you just go after Bruce Brown or somebody like that, uh, and try and bring in some more defense. So to get a little bit more help out there, I think is a big thing. Uh, and then trading back in, you you just have to make moves. You have to try something. I like that they went and we're we're going for it. Uh, you know you're you're really bad at signing free agents. You've did you've done okay finding some guys in the draft recently. Yeah, they have. So I, I would go with that method more for you. Uh, they're they're still they still have a lot to figure out this offseason, but I think having this draft gives them a little bit more flexibility of not trying to find that next center. You can go okay. We now we have a guy at center. Got two. That of them. You maybe sign a you know you don't have to necessarily sign. You don't have to go all in for Brooke Lopez or somebody like that. That's going to be a uh, more sought after center. You can kind of go for somebody. Yeah. Uh, you know, a little bit more affordable. At your backup center position, because they got Rashawn Holmes in that trade too, right? Yeah, which, yeah, I well, mean, yeah, just such, you know, it's serviceable. Yeah, he's somebody that depending on, I, but he's Rashawn Holmes is one of those guys. It could work out like Christian Wood. Of yeah, he's okay. He doesn't fit with our team at all, and it's not working out. But he's an okay player. But if, if it gets you through the season, and it depends how fast Derek Lively is going to be able to acclimate to uh, playing a rim protector on a defense where there is going to be a lot of guys blowing at you, like. That's the thing is he is coming into a defense where yeah you just he's don't have a lot of good to, he's perimeter defenders. He's not used defenders. to having yeah. nobody care about it about yeah, around him. Yeah, I think the guy they drafted, Olivier uh, Maxence Prosper, they kind of want him to be their Dorian Finney-Smith starter kit, but obviously yeah, that's, that's that, development that's down gonna, the line. Yeah, that takes time. Yeah, and, and you're not going to get any fo- you're not getting any calls in that first season too. So you need some veterans because those guys are both going to get in a lot of foul trouble trying to play that defense. But again, I I think the Mavs are going to be a suitor for Bruce Brown. As somebody where that fits into kind of where it's affordable and he is a good perimeter defender and can give you some points when you need him as well. Yeah. Uh, okay, real quick, because I know we're up against it. Uh, there was an NBA trade uh, today, uh, at least it's reporting by Woj, that the Hawks are trading. Uh, the Hawks are making a trade here for John Collins. Uh, They're trading away John Collins and his contract. They overpaid him a few years ago. They have been trying to trade him for the last two off seasons, I believe. Like, really desperately trying to trade him. They finally realized that they were not going to get anything back for him and uh, basically just gave him away. Trade him to the Utah Jazz for Rudy Gay. Yes. And, and a, it's just Rudy Gay's a, contract pretty much. In a future second round. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But so you're, you're basically you're giving him away at this point. I think he's going to be a good player for Utah. I, I just don't think he fit in well in that Trey Young offense. Hmm. Uh, and, he, look, he's a little overpaid. I will give you that he's overpaid because they need him to be a better shooter and he just never got that shooting down to where he needed to be. He's undersized to be a real uh, great help protector. I think in this Utah team, they it, it's going to fit out a little bit better for him. He's going to be able to to do some more things and get a second life. So I, I, for Utah, 
it's another Danny Ainge just stealing a player. <laughs> He's really good at it. Just stealing players. Basically, like, uh, you know what? We'll take him. We'll go ahead and take this guy off your hands. We have the cap space right now, so we can go get this guy. And looking at the free agency market, you're going to have to overpay for the good guys because there just isn't that many of them right now. Mm-hmm. So I think he knew. It's like, look, we're going to have to overpay if we're going to get anybody to come to Utah anyway. Let's just go get somebody in the trade that's already overpaid for. We'll work through him, and hopefully by the time we get to where we want to be, his contract will be up and we can either re-sign him for less or he'll be gone and, and we gave up nothing for him anyway. Yeah, speaking of that salary dump, that actually was one of the great parts about the Mavs draft day trade we didn't talk about. Bertons. That, 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 was a, that was probably the best part of the whole you damn had, deal. Well, you had to figure out something to get a little bit of more flexibility this offseason. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. All right, we come back. We'll get into uh, these Heisman odds. There's some Heisman odds out and apparently very favorable odds for one Quinn Ewers. We'll discuss that on the other side and also uh, some other uh, Longhorn-related topics. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful on the horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Oh, man, Smooth So Monday. Oh, well done there, Patrick. Patrick coming back with the bangers off of his vacation. We appreciate him on a Smooth So Monday uh, intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans. My man Harge is out on vacation. He's going to hate he missed this one, though. I don't know if he even played this one before. With Harge on the show. You just play a little bit. You know, we said we're. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's Harge not clap, so you got to play some Mirkwood Fire. Yeah, this would definitely uh, be deserving of a little karaoke for Harge. He'd be singing right now. Yeah, He'd be would. exposing them. No question. Well, we'll say we'll do it again in a couple months. And yeah. We'll get and, and I can guarantee he's going to be singing before. <laughs> and he's going to try to hit that note. I know that's what we're going to turn the mics on on them. That too. would be yeah, We'll do that. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks to my man, Patrick. Always doing a great job DJing a uh, Smooth Soul Monday and all of our musically themed days of the week. Okay, so a little spillover from the NBA conversation because I, I want to uh, talk to Patrick about this. So there are a couple of reports out there, uh, and one of them uh, you sent to me, the Dame Lillard report. So uh, Chris Haynes is reporting that the Trailblazers, Dame Lillard, and his agent, Aaron Goodwin, are meeting with the team today to discuss the franchise's direction. Which, I guess, if he don't like the direction, he could request yeah. a trade? This is basically him saying, like, look, He's I, told you, I told you I don't want rookies. I want tra- I want guys that are going to be here. We, I want to win. He's like, mad I they, know my window's closing. But he told him this before the draft. He wanted, them, then, to, he wanted them to trade that pick. I, well, and then he, he didn't say a lot... Once they got the number three pick before between the lottery and because yeah. they weren't projecting a number three, so if you get the number five pick, it's a lot easier to trade because that's not somebody you feel is a maybe a generational player. And, and Scoot Henderson, you're like Scoot Henderson 
we could he I mean he could be special. And I like Scoot. And like Asura Thompson could be really, really good, but I don't think people are putting him in that same level. Asura's who win number five. Yeah. So I, I think that you know back to back twin brothers. Back to back twin brothers. Amen. Went to the Rockets. Yeah. Uh but I think when you see where he where he ends up going with Scoot Henderson going there, they get they you know, they take their picks, they don't really make any trades right now. They're not necessarily they don't have the cap flexibility to make a lot of moves in free agency. I think this is where you have to sit down and go, I don't know, we think this is how we see you guys playing together. Also, Scoot Henderson took uh, number double zero. That was weird. Well, because he wanted to be zero. I know, but, but Dave is zero. zero. I know, but did it take it to double zero? Yeah, to have now your two best players both be zero, it's stupid. It I, 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 I would have been like, Scoot, I love you. You're one. Be number two. Like, <laughs> be something else, man. Be something else. Come on, dog. You're going to make it famous no matter what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sell a lot of jerseys. Uh, but <laughs> so they're going to have that conversation now of – and I look, I, I'll give Dame respect that he could be doing this in public, and he's going to go whether he's going to say, "No, man, let's see what it is. Let's go try and work it out." And me, if me and Scoot work together, and we're putting up massive numbers, and we play really well, and Scoot Henderson, it's going to take him a little bit longer to be prolific offensively. I think he'll be a good defense, uh, an impact defensively, right away, just on his effort and, and intensity. I think he'll be able to actually make an impact as a defender right away. So we'll see. If Dame wants to go in it, or if Dame's he, been loyal, man, so I think he'd be open. He's and open to the question it. Of, now he may or, be leaning one way, or does he say, "All right, it's time"? <laughs> and now I don't think oh, he'll no, do. The, I don't think he'll do time. I don't think he'll do the Bradley Beal, where he basically forced his way out and said, "No, I want to go to Phoenix. That's the one team I want to go to. It's the one team I'll waive my no trade. So whatever you get for him, you get that, and that's it. But you're trading me. I'm never. I'm never playing for your team ever again." And I don't know if he said it in Dale's exact words, but it was. It seemed that it came out very much that he wanted to go to a certain team. Like he wanted to go to probably a couple teams. He wanted to get a deal that was not favorable to Washington, and Washington just had to take it, take their lumps, go into full rebuild mode, and just ditch the contracts. And that's why they dripped Porzingis. They uh, they ditched Porzingis too, just trying to get out mm-hmm. of all those bad contracts. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Dame would do that to to Portland and basically make them get very little back to try and go to a Miami. To try and go somewhere to compete yeah. right away, and Miami's got to. It's going to take some time because they don't have enough capital yet to do it. They got to involve other teams to do they it. They have to involve other teams or bring re-sign team some it. other guys and basically yeah. give you know bring back a Gabe Vincent and bring back some other guys and re-sign them and then send them off yeah. in the trade. Uh, but we'll see. I'm, I'm guessing Dame's done things really well mm. to not let stuff slip out and, and handle this in house. So I, I'd, I'd like to see that. You know, it would not surprise me if Dame is moved before June thirtieth, yeah, or no, he, around. Then. He needs to move on. Like it's, um, I, he's been more than loyal. It's, it's, it's great. He's respected. No NBA fan, and even honestly, any Trailblazers fans that are giving him any grief or criticism, then I would question, you know, whether they've been paying attention. Uh, to the overall picture, to the macro yeah. picture of what's going on. So he needs to leave. I hope he's not convinced to stay. It's bad for the NBA if he stays. It's bad for him if he stays. Period. Y'all need to move on. Both of y'all. Portland needs to move on. He needs to move on. Yeah. No, How I they think do when it, you get, you got that number three pick. You get Scoot Henderson. Yeah. I, I said it's, it's time. When it's you time. got Scoot Henderson, you said, yeah, you know what? Try and accentuate the rebuild. I would have tried to move Dame already because I think the longer you go, the less you're going to get for him. Oh, no question. Yeah, right now, I, I agree. I think it's going to be tough for them to get max value. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's going to be tough to get value. <laughs> like, nice. I, I think you're trading because, you know, in the NBA, you're not supposed to trade dollars for dimes, right? You're not supposed to trade down and and trade 
you know, cash money for coins. And it feels like Dame, they go, hey, man, here's all this pocket change. You got a $100 bill. Here's a bunch of pocket change. And you go, cool, I, I can't pay all these guys. I can't keep all these like, This is not a way to mm-hmm. win is 14 guys. I got five on a court at once. Yep. And you want me to take 14 guys for him. I can't play them all. And so I, I don't know what you're going to be able to get out of it. You're hoping to basically take all the depth you possibly can and take all the future picks and get as many future picks as you can, hope that Dame only lasts three or four more years and those picks start coming up and that team is now rebuilding and you're getting good picks in return. Uh, I think if I'm trading Dame to Miami, I'm asking for at best top three protected, but I want basically unprotected first round picks. Yeah, because, well, yeah, and, you know, I, uh, it's, it's a deep conversation about, you know, Miami, but uh, I, I, I think that Dame Lewis needs to leave. Let me start there. And then, yeah, and uh, I think I think Portland so, needs to move on from them. Yeah, they I, do. I get it. I, it's past time I, for both. I of don't them. see any way that you are a a final like a championship contender this season. I don't know the road path to get there. No. Uh, I, even if you trade Scoot Henderson, I don't know. I just don't think you, you guys weren't close. It's not like you're a player away. You are yeah. three or four players away from being in the good team. Like you're just not there. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, okay, let's move on to this uh, Heisman, these Heisman odds here. Shout out to my man Steve who sent me these via two four seven Sports. Um, so Caesar Sports is apparently the uh, the sports book that is uh, presenting these Heisman odds. They have Caleb Williams, of course, who's projected to be the number one overall pick, the USC quarterback, with the best Heisman odds uh, here at plus five fifty. Right behind him, tied with the second best odds. To win the Heisman in 2023, Quinn Ewers and Jaden Daniels, um, and kind of goes to uh, something else that I want to get into on the show. We were uh, talking about this last week a little bit. Pro Football Focus ranked their uh, the top quarterback rooms in the country, and they actually ranked the um, the of course USC quarterback room as number one. Goes without saying, uh, but number two on their list is LSU. Um, Jaden Daniels and, of course, Garrett Nussmeyer uh, in that quarterback room. Number three on this list for Pro Pro Football Focus is Texas in their quarterback room. Kind of reminds me of these uh, Heisman odds a little bit here with, you know, with Texas being really high, of course, on these Heisman odds, second uh, and tied with LSU, but second to Caleb Williams. So the quarterback rankings – a pro football focus kind of mirror these Heisman odds because I think the expectation is that Texas quarterback room this year will be because of Quinn Ewers will be one of the best in the country. If that is the case, and Quinn Ewers definitely is in the Heisman conversation, not saying he's going to win it, but if he's in the conversation, Texas has to be in the Big Twelve championship conversation or at least yeah. represented in the Big Twelve title game. He's not if he. They're basically saying he's going to be in. New York as a finalist for the Heisman. If he's a finalist, that means Texas is either in the Big 12 title or won the Big 12 title. Yeah. I don't think you get there without it. No, because we saw Bijan didn't get there. Exactly. And Bijan, a lot of people say, is a better player, of course, right now than Quinn Ewers. Yeah. I mean, he had a better track record of several years getting there. I, I Yeah. I mean, I think there's that Big 12 title game seems kind of like the floor for everything that the Texas Longhorns do this this season. If you're bel- if you're not in that Big 12 title game, it's going to press uh, it's going to raise a lot of red flags yeah. for What recruit- went wrong? Yeah, but it's for recruits, for people talking about the coaches, for everybody. 
going, wait a minute, you guys are supposed to be at this point in your rebuild. You got Quinn Ewers is supposed to be going to the Heisman ceremony in New York. You guys are supposed to all these things are supposed to be in check marks. And what are you going to tell us now is the reason not? Now, again, if there's massive injuries, whatever, you get that, that, you know, whatever. But this seems more and more pieces are coming together that that is not, hey, where we want to be. That is becoming the floor for this season that anything below it is going to be massive disappointment. Catastrophic failure. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Travis of Florida State, Cade Klubnick, shout out. Uh, to the uh, Westlake product uh, at Clemson and JJ McCarthy, the Michigan quarterback, are all tied with the third best uh, Heisman odds, according to Caesars. Behind Caleb Williams at plus five fifty, Quinn Ewers at plus one thousand, along with Jaden Daniels, um, and then uh, Drake May. They got man, they got Drake May at plus sixteen hundred, tied with Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. from Washington, who we all saw in the bowl game, who I think we all really like, who's damn good. And they got Sam Hartman. Uh, and Notre Dame at plus 2,000, the former uh, Wake Forest product. Yeah, I think Drake May is falling into that. He plays at North Carolina. We're not sure he's going to get the coverage in the ACC. And That's fair. And we, that, I don't think anybody necessarily has the faith that Mac Brown's got a team that's going to put him in the ACC champion, like put him up at that same level. So it may not even be his stats may be great, but how much does that mean if you're not playing for a big yeah. player for something big? He'll still be drafted in the top. Yeah. Five and top ten. He'll be exactly. the second quarterback off the board behind Caleb Williams. I agree with that. Unless something crazy. Unless, unless Quinn Ewers has an unbelievable season. Yeah. Where and, he and, demands to be drafted. And we saw with Sam L. Sam L was projected to be the number one overall quarterback at one point and then falls pretty far in that draft yeah. because his second year, the O line was not playing well at all for North Carolina and his numbers just went down a lot. So there is also that, you know. You never know. These guys that have really good sophomore seasons, sometimes teams kind of figure them out a little bit better. But I think being in the ACC and then for Penix being in the the Pac-12 kind of hurts both those teams, or uh, hurts both those odds. Yeah. No, I think you make a good point there. Uh, the Manning passing camp was this weekend as well. Quinn Ewers was one of the quarterbacks that attended the uh, Manning Passing Academy, and they, you know, they go through different drills and stuff and uh, competitions. Uh, the write-up from On3 about Quinn Ewers' performance at the Manning Passing Academy is, quote, remember the confident quarterback who had Alabama's defense on its heels before he exited the game with an injury? That's the Ewers that showed up to Friday evening's quarterback competition in South Louisiana. Ewers throws an effortless ball and showed the ability to hit on a variety of passes. Texas fans are excited for the future in five-star signee Arch Manning, but with Manning's father, uh, Cooper, on the microphone for Friday night's skills competition, the praise was for Ewers, uh, who came in, who came early and often. Uh, Ewers is the is the present in Austin, and the upside is clear. So there you go. Yeah. No, I mean, look, I'm, I'm happy that <laughs> Sark, this coaching staff, and whatever he's been doing has gotten his confidence back up <laughs> to where it needs to be. Because to be the leader he needs to be, to be the player he needs to be, he that confidence needs to be up there. Uh, there's no doubt. And I think, you know, he had to really embrace the leadership role this year because last year, Rojo and Bijan, those real leaders. Yeah. And even though he's at the position of quarterback, I don't know if he embraced that last year. This year, he's got to be that guy. So that's a big part of it, too. So that's getting back to the confidence. That's why you got to have that confidence. You got to be the alpha in a room of alpha males. That's you got to be that guy. So uh, Quinn Ewers, good rave review so far, but 
Yeah, man. Still, um, until he does it on the field, um, I think obviously um, people will be cautiously op- optimistic. How do you deal with adversity? And how do you read a defense? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a big part. I was like, oh, he looks great. The seven hundred seven uh, Manning passing academy. It's like, oh, that's great. How many but people were trying to kill you while you were throwing the exactly. ball? Exactly. And was there a pre-snap shell disguise yes. that you had to decipher and diagnose? But I, I do think he's going to be really good this year. So that is the hope. If he's not, Texas won't compete for the Big 12. If he's good, Texas competes, damn near wins the Big 12. Uh, all right, we come back. We'll get into off the record on the other side. Um, I, we'll get. There's another element, another chapter, if you will, to the billionaire face-off potential cage match between Mark Zuckerberg and also between Elon Musk. We'll discuss that. Uh, also, uh, other news, notes, and nuggets from off the record right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful Horn. D.D. Mega Doodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Congratulations, continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Time for another edition of Off the Record. A little bit of a smorgasbord of different topics for Off the Record. Uh, okay, so the first one, and I'm sure you heard about this while you were on vacation, uh, Patrick, but maybe you didn't, that uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk have basically, um, via a Twitter beef that is now potentially going to spill over into the mixed martial arts world, and now Dana White is saying that they are both dead serious, that both of these billionaires do want to face off in a MMA-style exhibition match, um, which he says will be the biggest... Uh, it'll be the biggest hand that combat hand to hand combat event in history of pay per view. Yeah, yeah. White says. I, I tried to avoid it while I was on vacation. Yeah, it's one see, of those things I'd see it on my phone and they'd be like, "Nope, no, we're not buying, <laughs> not doing that today. I'm trying to have a good time." Hey, man, it well, it's still it's still, oh, it's still going. Up. Yeah, Dana White, the uh, man who hates gimmick fights more than anything. Gimmick fights will never work. Here's the two billionaires fighting. Hey. He sees straight cash. No, I know. That and he, he is a he is a massive hypocrite because yes. he is well. someone that is multiple times basically chided anyone who has a gimmick fight, uh, or you fight like one of the Paul brothers or something like that. He says that's bad business. It's terrible. It'll never work. You should never do that. And then uh, someone offers him a gimmick fight for him to promote, and he's like, "It's the greatest fight in the history." <laughs> of fights. So hey, he's just he's just a hypocrite. He's doing his best, Don King impression there. He is. Yeah, uh, uh, I I don't think it'll happen. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it'll happen, but I am praying it does. I'm hoping. I'm, I, I really do. They might get my money on this one. This is wild. Uh, but the, uh, the obviously, Mark Zuckerberg, he's a jiu-jitsu um, mixed martial artist, or at least he's training in jiu-jitsu. And his trainer is an MMA fighter, Kai the Shadow Wu. He's been training with him since last year. And when he was asked about who would win, he said, I just go train. I can only speak on how hard he works. He works really hard. He's a really nice guy. But to be honest with you, I'm not sure how the fight will play out. So I don't want to speculate. But I'm like, I think this is crazy. So he said he doesn't know how it's going to work out. But he doesn't want to speculate. No. He, so he wouldn't say his guy's going to win, though, which that don't make me feel good about Zucker picking Zuckerberg. I picked Elon Musk. They both have been training in mixed martial arts, and I think Elon is like 6'1", 6'2". Yeah, I, look, the only, the only way, first of all, 
You will tell. I will tell you. I will not watch it. I will not pay for it. Y'all just have your fun. <laughs> Go have your rich people fun. <laughs> but if you made it a slap fight, slap fight. If they just did a slap fight, you'd be down with that. Just slapping each other. Yeah, because that seems like it'd be way more funny and humiliating. Uh, because two guys just kind of wrestling on the ground for a while and then coming out as a draw is what's going to happen if they fight. The hope is that they're so narcissistic and so e- egotistical and so narcissistic that they'll, they'll one of them will go off and punch the other in the face. And yeah. then re- we just get to see a billionaire get punched in the face. And don't we all want to see, yeah. even if it's by another that's, billionaire, that's is, a billionaire get punched someone, in the face. As someone who's watched Floyd Mayweather fight enough times... <laughs> <laughs> I don't pay money for things that I hope happen. That is true. That's what they. That's what they hope. Yeah, that's why I watch <laughs> wrestling because I know it'll be a good fight every time. Uh, that is fair. You're like, hey, when I watch wrestling, they are paid to put on a show. And these other guys are paid to try and win. They're two different things, oh, and so I, I I watch wrestling. That's a good point. Uh, okay, uh, real quick, how about this? As another, uh, this is going to be a great kind of business model here. I don't know if this is going to become popular or not, but I think it's brilliant. So Mari Povich, the renowned TV host who's known for revealing you know, paternity tests on his show, You Are Not the Father. How about this? He is now uh, going to have his own <laughs> at-home DNA tests that he is going to basically, I- I'm sure he's creating or whatever. It's called The Results Are In, the new business. Aims to provide families with an accessible solution to the questions he's explored on his show. So basically, he's going to have his own paternity test that you could uh, take home paternity test. Oh, yeah. So, sorry, DNA test. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Not DNA test. I apologize. Yeah. DNA test. Uh, you know what? I'm Good a, idea, bad idea. Oh, it's a great idea. Great idea to have questionable results come up on these. <laughs> it seems what could go wrong? People dancing. When they think it, and then they find out later that it's not admissible in court. Hopefully. They take take another one, and then they are the father. Just great stuff. He said DNA testing kids provide all the necessary materials and instructions to collect DNA samples themselves. I can't wait for this TikTok trend. And then you send it off to a lab, and I think you get it back in two to three days. He said 99.99% accurate, just like on the show. Yeah, TikTok trend. This is what's going to happen. You'll see TikToks of people checking out if they're actually related and find some fun facts in life. (laughs) Uh, There you go. All right, a little off the record. We'll come back. We'll get into uh, Texas football and basketball, both getting big commitments and a a factoid about the NIL arms race that may shock you. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn.